everyone and welcome back to the organic vibes podcast my name is rachel and that little snippet of that song that you just heard was a song by my friend diego named malin and he goes by the artist named contact um but diego flores is a guatemalan saxophonist clarinetist dj composer and producer um and he currently lives in panama which is actually where i met him his music is a tasteful blend of varying styles, which represent his background in electronic, jazz, and classical music. And during his time in New York, he was heavily influenced by artists such as Skrillex, Snarky Puppy, Porter Robinson, Flume, and more. And when I asked him what his inspiration for that last song was, he told me that it's basically if Snarky Puppy met Tamborito and made a song about it. And Tamborito is a traditional style of Panamanian music, which I love so much. Um... And Diego explores uncharted territory by combining complex rhythms, soaring melodies, hard-hitting sound design, and layered composition to create something new entirely. With a style difficult to label, he is a force to be reckoned with, which I could not agree more with. And speaking of Panama, um, I met so many amazing people there, one of them being Diego and another one being my next guest on this episode of Organic Vibes, Mira Sinha. She's an absolutely amazing person with such an awesome personality. She's a music therapist, a songwriter, a lessons instructor, uh, so an educator, and she and I are so similar in so many ways, and I just really value her as an individual and as a friend, um, and I'm so glad that the, my experience in Panama brought us together. In this episode, we talk a lot about the powers of music to heal and to bring forth happiness and love and light in the world. But we also talk about the issues of cultural appropriation surrounding the wellness industry, which is super important to discuss. Um, and we share our unfiltered truths, which is what this is all about. So really excited to share that with you. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Mira Sinha to the Organic Vibes podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Organic Vibes podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm so thrilled and excited to introduce to you an amazing human being who I met through crazy circumstances by going to Panama and through meeting a bunch of amazing people. And when I think of sunshine and I think of the color yellow, I automatically think of Mira. And when I think of Mira, I think of sunshine, and it's just, just this association. And so I love this human being, and even though we've only met in person a few times, I feel so connected to her, and I'm just, I'm so, so excited to introduce Mira Sinha to the Organic Vibes podcast. Hi, Rachel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, like, tearing up over here. We haven't Aww. even started yet. <laughs> um, I just was, like, overwhelmed with this, like, immense pride and gratitude for you that you're like doing this thing that you're really excited about and you're invested in and you're like, I don't know, you're just like making things happen. Thank and that's you. so cool. I'm really proud of you. I really appreciate that. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. We're cute. 
We're so cute. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> All right. So the first question that I want to ask everybody, it's going to be like my signature question is what does it mean to you to live organically? I love that question. One, because your the title of your podcast is Organic Vibes. So it fits so perfectly. <laughs> um, I, to me, living organically is like living authentically and being as true to yourself as you can in every aspect, whether that's um, like through the foods that you're eating, if we're talking literally like eating organically, if that's cool with you, if not, that's fine too. <laughs> Just something that's authentic to you, whether that's like the way that you're eating, um, people you're spending time with, activities you're doing, your career, just finding ways to make everything as authentic as possible. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I love I love that you like picked up on the association. It was definitely intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to say like, oh my gosh, it just came to me naturally. But <laughs> it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I'm glad that you picked up on it. <laughs> All right. So I would love to ask you a little bit more about your background. So like, where are you from and what are you doing now currently in your life? Yeah. So I um, have grown up mostly in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's where all the chocolate is from. That's why uh, you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. We should count how many times we say cute. Okay. <laughs> I'll just have like a little counter in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like a little ding every time that there's a cute. I'll ring my bell. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, and I before then lived in New York. And before then I lived in Houston. Um, I don't really remember much of both of those places because I was so young. Um, but my family kind of moved around a lot and I remember being invested in music from like preschool. Um, so when I was like living in Houston, just before we moved to New York, I remember being in like music class in either preschool or kindergarten and we were learning. I don't remember what the song was. It's a, maybe it's like the hand drive or something like that, but we learned like all of the moves and I just like, yep, exactly. <laughs> Rachel's currently that. doing the hand drive. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but I like remember doing that and I remember um, like being in choirs from a young age and um, I remember being out at recess in like first grade all my friends were on the playground like hanging out and I was just like writing songs by myself <laughs> like so uncomfortable and strange but here I am now theoretically I've blossomed into <laughs> a less strange person still writing songs by myself but it's fine <laughs> beautiful. yeah so I um I felt like music was always just part of part of who I am yeah. and ultimately pursued that as a career in music therapy, um, got my board certification in music therapy in the, in the United States. Um, and I'm currently working as a private music teacher, um, teaching all sorts of people, all sorts of instruments, um, pulling my hair out because it's all virtual, <laughs> but we go with the times. Yeah. So yeah. That's where, where I'm at. How many instruments do you play? I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. 
Um, I, okay, I dabble in a lot, but I like play, play, I would say I mostly play piano, guitar, and voice, or I sing, um, but I teach voice, piano, guitar, ukulele, and then I also teach songwriting and music theory. Amazing. Yeah. And your voice is an instrument, so you play, you play voice. <laughs> I <play> voice. <laughs> I love that. I would love to hear more about your journey to specifically music therapy and how you've like been interested in combining the, the aspects of sound with healing and music with healing and that. Yeah. So I, um, I first heard about music therapy when I was in middle school sometime. We had to do like research on um, careers that we would want to pursue and um, <clears throat> music therapy ended up being one that I had researched and I was like, oh, this seems really great because it combines science, psychology, and music. And that was like, at the time, everything that I loved about being alive. I was like, oh my gosh, like science is so cool because you can learn things and do experiments yeah. and like psychology. Like I just love learning about people and why they do things. <laughs> plus music which is amazing so it was like the perfect combo for my little eighth grade self um and so after that everything was like i need to work towards becoming a music therapist so i started volunteering at the hospital in my town they have a really lovely and well-established music therapy program Ooh. yeah um so i got to volunteer with them and i did so for like three years i got to like um, go in sessions with them. I'd help them clean all their instruments, which as a medical music therapist is like half of your job. <laughs> um, really? it's like cleaning instrument. Yeah. Cleaning instruments oh, wow. after <clears throat> someone uses them. Right. Um, especially right now. <laughs> yes. But if people are allowed to even use instruments, then they must be <laughs> sanitized thoroughly. Um, yeah, and I just, like, fell in love with it. I was working mostly in um, pediatric oncology when I was volunteering. Um, and I was really determined to to pursue that kind of job in the future, work in medical music therapy. Um, ended up going to Berkeley College of Music and got my music therapy degree there. Um, and did an internship in San Diego working with all people. Um, and I did a lot of medical music therapy work. I also did a lot of community work. I worked with veterans. I worked with active duty military um, and various um, populations of at-risk youth. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey and I feel like my journey with music therapy started pretty early, which I think is a little bit different than what a lot of current music therapists can say. For sure. That's yeah. amazing. I had I have a very like similar trajectory, but it just started a little bit later and then I kind of veered off a little bit. Oh my gosh. Tell um, me about it. So I again like have always been interested. Like exactly what you were saying was like it was like I was speaking or hearing from myself. No um, way. about like loving science because like you get to learn so much about the universe and you get to experiment with things and you get to like try different things and like discover new discoveries and it's so cool. But then I also love like psychology, which is science, but like, I love the fact that like how, why do people work the way they do? Like, how do people work? What, what is going on? Like, 
Um, and then I also loved music because it was always such an integral part of my life. And like my, my family has always been really musical. My mom would always like sing us like songs and lullabies and um, like special songs that she would just make up for us when we were little and stuff. And we, um, we went to like this, we were homeschooled. So we went to like a co-op with other, with other homeschooled children. And there was like an acapella group and we were a part of that and stuff and like tried to sing acapella. And it was just like always something that I've loved. We always sang in the car on road trips and stuff. And, and so, yeah, always a part of my life. And I, I wanted to like combine all of the things. So in my junior year of high school, um, I, I took a class that was like, independent study mentorship and you have to research a topic that you might be interested in as a career and I was like how do I combine all of these things and then music <laughs> therapy was like bam right here and I was like what this is so cool and I got so excited about it and I, I did like a little independent study um, I shadowed a few music therapists and I had a mentor who was amazing who I need to reach out to <laughs> I would love to catch up with her but um yeah, and I, I did like mock music therapy sessions with um, my aunt's grandson. Um, and we just like worked on like little activities and stuff that she like my mentor was teaching me. And um, I loved it so much. And I also realized like after talking to my mentor, like how unfortunately the the perception of music therapy in like the medical field and and still like a lot of educational fields and stuff is just not as like respectful as it should be and that they were mistreated and like she said that when she was first starting out people were like oh like you're just not doing anything like nothing is like you know and like they were just like really doubtful of like the powers that music has to heal and I was like, that's, that's wrong. Why, why is that? Why? It's so real. Like, what? And then I looked at like further research and I was like, but this research is like, what's going on? Like, I still couldn't like, I just had so many questions that I wanted to like be answered. And, and I was like, okay, so neuroscience maybe like, cause like if we can figure out some like the biology and then psychology and like, okay, combine these two things. And then I went to Wellesley and then I ended up studying music, <laughs> but also keeping the neuroscience on the side as my side piece. <laughs> and then I'm now doing a PhD in neuroscience and then hopefully in the end we'll combine the two um, to like advocate for music therapists and advocate for the amazing work that they do and that you do. And yeah, so I'd love to ask you also about like what are the potentials that you see for music to like heal individuals but also communities and like how we can especially in these times when people are you know we can't be together in communal settings as much anymore and like what are the potentials that you see that music can heal yeah I <clears throat> I feel like the biggest impact that I've seen music um having is in building community I've seen it and I've experienced that it can bring me so much closer to people that I have never met before or that I don't enjoy being around. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly speaking for myself, that mm -hmm. music can help break down those barriers. Absolutely. And I find specifically in my experiences that voice work really supports that and really can help build community. Um, and I like preach about this all the time, but like, I think that singing is like the key to literally everything. <laughs> um, maybe I'm a tiny bit biased because I might have built my whole career around singing, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, <clears throat> I, 
I just think that there's so much intimacy with the voice Mm -hmm. and so much vulnerability involved that you're like forced to to open up and you're forced to 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 I don't know what word I'm looking for. Organic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so organic. You like singing is so organic and so intuitive and very um like it just creates I I feel like you've probably had this experience where you're like with other people and you're you you're creating something with your voice and you're creating it out of nothing, right? Like there's like there was nothing there previously and then your voice is entering that space and so it's your energy coming out of your body whether it's through your mouth through i don't know you maybe you're sweating who knows like <laughs> it's coming out somewhere yeah. ideally it's coming out through your mouth <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm feeling really goofy today um i love that <laughs> amazing but when you're when you're in a in a group of people and you're all being vulnerable and you're all like experiencing that form of intimacy and sharing your energy with people Mm -hmm. through your voice it is very organic and it's very intuitive Mm -hmm. and it's very it just like you're you're building something and it's literally like nothing just literally nothing yeah yeah Yeah, exactly it's just vibrations and like how the heck can vibrations sound that good? It just blows my mind. <laughs> if anything, and, music or like singing is like the most organic vibe <laughs> of yes, all. <laughs> the most organic vibe. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here for frick. I said it. <laughs> How do you say that? Um, you heard, heard it here for, here for, for oh. <laughs> <laughs> alliteration for a Friday night. <laughs> too much, too much. Um, it definitely is the most organic vibe, in my <laughs> humble opinion. Um, and I don't remember why I started talking about that, but well, oh, bringing communities together. And I think like one amazing example that I like immediately comes to mind when I think of you, and I think of like exactly what you're just describing was when um, during the music therapy symposium, you led that singing circle, um, and you were repeating the line "Yo soy luz," mm-hmm. and that. I just have I still hear it in my head like whenever I'm just like about going about my day I'm just like I'm light like yes this is and it still fills me with so much joy because even though like and I also want to ask you like what do you say to people when they're like oh I can't sing like I, I can't sing like no it's not for me like I just I have a terrible voice and stuff like that like what do you say when people say that um I usually say like I have not yet met a single person who absolutely can't sing and then I usually pull some like statistic out of like there's I I think I learned some statistic of like three percent of the population is like actually tone deaf or I cannot say if that is accurate so (laughs) please do not take that (laughs) well 75 percent of statistics are made up on the spot okay great love that that. on the spot (laughs) (laughs) so cute um yeah, I usually, I mean, I don't try and, <laughs> it's so hard to, like, be goofy and, like, be serious, so we're just enjoying all it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I don't want to, like, pressure people into participating in things like that, so um, I always say, well, if you don't feel comfortable singing, you don't have to sing, 
I would like encourage you to close your eyes and be in the moment and allow yourself to let go of your fears or embrace your fears and be brave. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you don't, like you don't even have to open your mouth to sing, you can hum or you can just breathe. It's about being with other people and experiencing that community. And I think you're going to experience it more if you do open your mouth and sing, but (laughs) I cannot force you to do that. Yeah, because it is such a vulnerable exercise to like put yourself out there and stuff. I had a a huge fear of like singing for a long time. And a lot of it was because my sister was being mean to me. She's like, you can't sing. Um, Absolutely am saying, to be clear. Thank you. Thank you. I've done a lot of work. I think that was a lot of my healing process of just like becoming like my better self, I guess, was like learning that I do have a voice and that I can use it and that I love it. And like, even if it's not like Beyonce or something or, you know, like Alicia Keys, like it's still valuable and nobody can take that away from you. And I I love that. And like, everybody can sing, like you have vocal cords, like you can make sound exactly. Like it's, it's not about what anybody deems as like worthy or like somebody says like, Oh, this is better than this. Or like, this sounds better than that. Like it changes throughout time for one thing, (laughs) like what people think sounds good. What's like, what's popular in like pop culture and music and stuff. And yeah, I just, I love that message of like, you do what you're comfortable with, but also everybody can physically do this. Mostly everybody (laughs) can physically do this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for that session, like that circle that you led. It was just truly an amazing moment. And I can still, yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah. The energy in the room. Yeah, I, there, there was a point in that um, circle where I had started and it, it wasn't working out the way at all that I wanted it to. <laughs> like maybe like the day before I had like actually planned out what I wanted to do in the circle. Mm-hmm. I also hadn't facilitated a singing circle before then. Um, really? Yes, that was my first one with like more than like two people. Like I had done it with my friends, but that was my first. Oh my god, I just kicked the computer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first um, time facilitating something like that. Wow. So the day before, I was like prepping, like, okay, what song am I gonna use? Like, mm-hmm. how do I do this? I like was trying to figure something out and then we got there and I was trying and it wasn't working and I was like okay (laughs) let's just abandon this and do something else (laughs) and then it turned into entirely improvisation which I appreciated Mm -hmm. that people were like open to trying that but wow that was (laughs) so stressful (laughs) and there was a moment I don't know if you remember you caught it on camera, which was super cute. You caught this moment mm-hmm. that, like, halfway through the singing circle, um, our friend Eka was in the middle of the circle with me. Yeah. And I literally just went up to her and I hugged her because I was so stressed out. Oh. And I was like, it's working. <laughs> Yay. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad I was able to catch that moment on camera. That's awesome. It, I could not tell that you were stressed out at all. So you handled that very, very well. Love it. <laughs> I could not tell it was your first one. It seemed like you've been doing this for forever. So I was perspiring so much. <laughs> <laughs> one, because it's Panama, of course. Facts. <laughs> um, but like, wow, just so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
That's so cool. That's it's awesome to like under, like hear the behind the scenes of like the moments, and, like the memories and stuff. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you had um, have you had any moments where you've like felt the healing powers of music? That is a great, great question because I think so many times like, I can't I can't pin pin down like a, a specific moment or like wh- I can't even like describe how or like what it is like when I feel it and it's like I remember being in like middle school and there was like this song called the Rowan Tree and I play the French horn so I was like I we had like a really lit part in that song where it's like we just kind of soared above the rest of the orchestra and that was like the first time where I just like I felt even though I didn't even know everybody in the orchestra, it was like a bunch of different people from all around the state, but or the, the region or whatever. But like, I just felt so connected to like everybody in that space. And I just felt like my heart was soaring with the sound and stuff. And it was just like that sound of the French horn. And it's because it's so close to the human voice as well. I think they're like so similar in register that it's just like, I love it so much. And it that was also another moment where I was like, how does music like, do this like physically give you these feelings of like goosebumps and like tears coming to your eyes and stuff like that's incredible and that's when I started like becoming even more interested in like the the neural mechanisms behind it and stuff but also just whenever I'm anxious or stressed out I usually put on like calming music you know (laughs) sometimes it's like more calming than others but um just using it to like facilitate breath and like deep breaths and stuff and it just does something that like just breathing doesn't necessarily do and like whenever I meditate I I try doing it in silence and I can do it in silence like it's possible but I I just always it's so much better when I have music going yeah what about you um I think there is like one memory that's really sticking out to me right now with my um, high school choir. Mm. Um, we were working on this arrangement called Te Lucis Ante Terminum Apologies. My Latin is not good. <laughs> Latin is good. I don't know. Not me. Um, my mom studied Latin. Oh my gosh. Maybe <laughs> I'll ask her. She like overdub for us. <laughs> Thank you in advance, mom. Um, <laughs> but it's this gorgeous tune. I think it's um, composed by someone whose last name is McDermid, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some obscure like choral, high school choral piece. And it like, it flows from really gentle, it goes to this like more intense. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Wow. Sorry, something <laughs> happened on my computer. Woo. Okay. <laughs> Edit that part. Well. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I also I feel like I need to tell you about a different experience. So you I can take just a- pause and then start with this new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a song that we did with my high school choir called mm. Hear My Prayer. Mm. And it was arranged or composed by Moses Hogan, mm. um, who's this incredible um, 
uh, composer. And the lyrics are, um, Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Keep me safe within your arms. Um, it's something, something I can't remember, unfortunately, but it's the, I don't know what, a, what was so amazing about it, but it just like, maybe it was the words, maybe it was the arrangement, but whenever we sang it, I literally just like, I could, I didn't feel like I was in my body. Mm. I felt like I was floating. Wow. And that song was so important to me at that time because in high school I was really depressed and like really struggling with my mental health and not feeling safe and that um that song kept me grounded and like kept me here and it was a way for all of us to connect in this like this um the I don't know how to explain it but it was just so beautiful. There's so much about it that's just ineffable. Like, just you just yeah. can't capture, quite capture. It's like you're all, it's like the tip of your tongue kind of thing where you feel like you can, you're about exactly. to be able to say it. You're just like, it's not possible. <laughs> right. It's just yeah. like, you, like I can feel it right now in my body. And I wish I could just like take it out and just like show it to you, but I can't <laughs> do that. I feel like that's what you do with the music therapy work that you've done though. And the, the, the lessons that you do, like, it's like you trying to capture that feeling and give it to other people and spread your light with them. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. And I would love to talk about if you're comfortable with talking about like the spiritual aspects of it too, because like with that song, um, you said like, Oh, hear me Lord. Right. And there's so much of like religious practices revolve around music and religious healing practices revolve around music. And something that I've been really interested in is like, do you think it's possible to kind of like vivisect and take out like the spiritual healing or the, the, the musical healing from spiritual cultures and like not have the spiritual connection, but still maintain the same healing benefits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. <clears throat> um, and something that I have like learned within the last year is that the reason that I love this work is because it's so spiritual for me. Mm -hmm. It's not religious. I don't like subscribe to a particular organized religion, nor can I really verbalize the way that I experience spirituality mm -hmm. because it has so much to do with the connectedness when I'm singing with other people and like who can put words to that. Yeah. Um, it's, it was really interesting growing up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I just made oh, so like, wide. <laughs> the rudest face. <laughs> um, I am very lucky to have grown up here. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, this, I would say this, the communities that I grew up around were primarily um, different, like, types of Christian and like Catholic and all of that. <clears throat> um, and that's not how I grew up in my family. And a lot of music mm -hmm. has to do with Christianity yeah. um, and other religions, I'm sure. But that was my experience, especially in school, even though like I went to a public school, there was no religion being taught or anything like that. Mm -hmm. 
all of them, a lot of the music was still somehow related to Christianity in some aspect of time. Like maybe it was like really long ago and it wouldn't be relevant now, but it still had to do with like Jesus Mm -hmm. and you know, Jesus is cool, but not my man, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, (laughs) So it's so interesting because I feel like I like had to remove the the religious aspect Mm -hmm. and still found ways to maintain that spiritual aspect, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't have words to describe that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting because I like my best friend is on her church's worship team and she finds so much joy and connection to God through music. And like I it's so interesting because there's so many different ways that that music can connect us to other people, to spiritual mm-hmm. beings, to plants, like mm-hmm. all of the above. It can connect connect us to everything. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but <laughs> what are your thoughts, Rachel? I think you answered it beautifully. Because um, I also think that there's not necessarily one answer to it, right? And I think that so much of what I've seen in science is like, this is the objective answer. And like, this is the solution to this and stuff. Or at least that's how it's like, perceived um, when people read papers and stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I think that the idea behind so many religions, because I was raised very Christian, um, like my mom found faith when she was a teenager, and it became such a huge part of her life. So she wanted to be like a homemaker and, you know, like raise kids and um, homeschool us and stuff. So we went to church every Sunday. And it was a big part of my life growing up, but she never tried to like force it on us. She was like, this is like, we're learning morals and stuff and doing all that good stuff. But if you like, I want you to find your own relationship with God. And I'm so grateful to her for that because my relationship with the divine source or spirit or God or whatever you choose to call it has been so, um, has always been a part of me. And I've always been like connected to something and been like talking to something. And I always was like, is this, it didn't feel right that it was like a white dude in the sky. Right. It was like, it felt so personal and felt so like something that was just inherent to like who I was. And I think music is like a great way to like bring that out and to connect to that. And um, I think the whole point of religion was to bring people closer to that source, right? And to like hear all these rules and, and all these different like cultures and customs and stuff for you to, with the whole purpose being, if you follow these rules, you can connect to this highest like source or um, spirit and if you just have the rules and regulations and you're not connecting to that spirit, then like, what is the point? And I think a very similar thing happens with music Mm. kind of, of like, um, I'm kind of just improvising here, but I think like if you, and also just wellness in general, like with meditation, with yoga, with all of these practices that are being commodified and appropriated (laughs) all over the place. um, I think like if you're doing all of that and like, you know, you're going to your tarot card reader, you're going to your, your shaman and all that stuff, but you're not actually doing the work that it takes to connect to the spirit and the divine, then like, what is the point? Um, so the same goes with like music, I think. And music is such, I think music and spirituality are like the two things in my opinion that like make us most human and like distinguish us most from like every other 
because I think that language is very similar to music Mm-hmm. my own opinion um <laughs> so I think they're all t- like tied together and like part of like what makes us unique and stuff so yeah I don't know if I even answered the question either but that's those are my thoughts <laughs> I love it it's so like it's I like what you said about like all of like practicing all the rules or practicing all the rituals without having that connection and like what's the point of that um because I do see that a lot in the wellness industry um and I have a lot of opinions about the wellness industry <laughs> and they're not kind to be frank. They're not kind. It, and we can get into that if you would like, um, but be warned. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger uh, warning for anybody who can't take it. <laughs> take honesty. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's so, it's just like, it, it just feels a lot like that idea of following the rules and rituals without any connection to something um to just something any connection to something feels very like inherently like capitalist Mm -hmm. or like very just like like you're you're there to do your job Mm -hmm. and you're there to survive and that's it you like you can't experience joy and like and it's not like that idea is like being forced in religion or wellness or whatever but it's definitely like if our society is built that way then like why wouldn't it be perpetuated in everything else absolutely yeah dang not agree more and i would love to hear your unfiltered truth about how you feel about this stuff because it's it's something that i am also very passionate about and like with especially with cultural appropriation and stuff and like trying to navigate like people doing work and like making things visible and stuff and like okay yeah like this is great stuff that should be like I guess spread to more people more people should know about this but also like why like where where are you getting this from like to help, like respect the cultures where it's from and like respect like everything and like ugh. why are you profiting profiting off profit profit but why are you profiting off of something that like somebody else created and you're not even giving them credit yeah so yeah it's It's a lot messed up it's messed up and I I try so hard to be gracious and to be you know open to hearing different people's perspectives and stuff like that like as a human I try to do that but at a certain point it becomes like so necessary to just be truthful and just be honest about this kind of stuff so I would gladly listen to your opinions (laughs) yes I like you're so right I think one of the things that you said that um like struck a little chord with me chord cute um (laughs) 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 oh I love this um is you mentioned like bringing visibility Mm -hmm. um to like certain practices or certain cultures and like it's not the job of the I'm gonna be overgeneralizing and I'm gonna be blunt and I think that's okay because this is how I feel just Mm -hmm. prefacing my feelings (laughs) um these cultures and traditions do not need like an upper or middle class white, thin, able-bodied, cisgender, most likely heterosexual woman to bring visibility to them. 
it it's not necessary and for people to think that they need to bring visibility mm -hmm. to these things so that other aforementioned identity <laughs> and benefit is utter bs it's like whew, my heart's <laughs> racing right now i don't even know how to form thoughts um, it just it's that is like taking up the space of the people who have dedicated their lives to this work mm -hmm. and whose ancestors have died over this work yeah. and it is centering the, it's not centering the voices of people who need to be heard mm -hmm. and that's unacceptable frankly <laughs> um and i see that happening everywhere outside of the wellness industry already and like the wellness the well like the idea of wellness is that we're supposed to be like taking care of ourselves and other people and the fact that that idea of taking space away for people to to express themselves and to be communicating mm -hmm. their practices taking that space away is inherently not participating in wellness wow it's like it's it's this industry that says that it's all about wellness but it's not <laughs> your face right now <laughs> yeah blowing my mind it's all like the people that I see participating in the wellness industry don't actually care about it. Mm. And like you see, I watched this like documentary that I can't say is like one that I would like to credit because I can't say that they, they didn't feature a single person of color in the entire documentary. Mm. Um, and they were talking about like, they were talking about essential oils and like where they come from and why they're used and they didn't, didn't talk about either. It. <laughs> not a single person of color. I don't think a single person of color or anyone of not like of whiteness. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to say like Irish, like Italian, <laughs> like European descent. Oh, European descent. I guess that's the <laughs> word. <laughs> I'm getting flustered. Um, it just... I don't remember why I brought that up, so maybe we can edit that part out, but it just, like, it the doesn't... That they're talking about essential oils and, like, where it came from and stuff like that, and yet they don't actually talk about that at all. And it's just, again, kind of going back to the idea of capitalism and stuff, and it's, like, the commodification of these practices to sell and to, like, sell t-shirts and like namaste t-shirts and shit like that and yeah. to like uh, the way that you said it of like taking away the space from other people and especially when you said like whose ancestors have like died for this like that really like hit me because it's not it's so much more serious than we think and I think like when we see it like you know, on maybe see people practicing Ayurveda or like yoga or something. And it's like, oh, like, oh my God, they look so happy and like all this stuff. But it's like, people were literally killed and kidnapped and murdered because they were practicing these, these healing methods. And like, that is not something to be taken lightly. Like that is something that should be treated with great respect and given so much space. And like those people, like, yeah, like we don't have to like feel like it's our need to uplift the space. Like if anything, you should give resources to those people 
so that they can do the work that they're already doing and they don't have to compete with you and your simplified whitewashed version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it like, I feel like especially the last couple of months, I, my whole life, I was like against learning yoga because like the only people that ever recommended that I learn it were white. And I would get upset because they're like, you should do yoga. And I'm like, that's from like my like homeland, theoretically. I have only been in India once when I was five. So is it my it's homeland? Like your ancestors, you know, like. Yeah. Culture. And yeah. And they would, the people who recommended it to me were always like, oh, it changed my life. Like helped me relax, helped me become flexible. And I'm like, that's great. Um, but like you're not Indian and like how how is it that you know more about this and you're experiencing more of this practice than I am and it made me feel really insecure about my own like South Asian identity yeah and I think that is one of the most frustrating things that I have been noticing when it comes to cultural appropriation specifically when it comes to South Asian cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. is that when it comes up, when I'm seeing like big companies, like, or if I see like, an, if I see Rachel, if I see another coffee shop, <laughs> if I see another damn coffee shop making a golden milk latte, no. I, I will just, I will collapse. I think I can't. It's off topic, but like, wow. <laughs> where will it end (laughs) right like you're gonna take our freaking milk too like (laughs) what's up with that and charge four to oh my god I just that like okay okay back on track (laughs) I feel a very similar way um in terms of yoga, but I, I didn't have that same connection to it because it, it wasn't tied to my identity at all but when people were talking about it and people were like, my mom wanted to do like a Bikram yoga class with me, um, like hot yoga and stuff. And I was like, I just immediately was like, no, I can't do that. Like, that's not for me. That's not for people that look like me. Like, because mm-hmm. that was what's been conditioned in my brain of like seeing all these white, thin, aforementioned identity yeah. doing yoga and stuff. And I didn't even know where it came from, you know, and that's so sad. And I've learned a lot more about it now, but I still don't know the full history. And like, and part of me is still trying as like grappling with this idea of like, should I like, should, do I have a place here? Should I even be doing this? Or should I find a different, you know, alternative method that like is more tied to my heritage? And like, how much does that? Yeah, there's like so many questions I have like around it and like trying to figure out if I like have the place, I guess, to mm-hmm. practice something like that. And um how to do that respectfully and how to do that without co-opting it, I guess, is something that I'm always thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that because I think that if we all asked ourselves those questions, yeah, then cultural appropriation probably wouldn't happen as much as it does. Um, if we approached new practices and new cultures with like, how can I respect this? And mm-hmm. how can I educate myself enough to feel like I have a place if I, if I should have a place and like approaching it that way, I feel like 
then people would realize, oh, like, I can't commodify this because this is an ancient practice. And like, I'm like five years old compared to how old this practice is. So like, you know, I think that we would, if we like approached it with more compassion and respect, Mm -hmm. then like, I wouldn't be up here upset about golden milk lattes, you know? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> like the golden milk lattes, like the essential reason behind it, like why it was created in the first place is to like bring healing qualities and to help people. And if you are charging people for it and like creating these mixes that probably have all these other chemicals in it and are probably not that healthy for you and yeah. selling it to aforementioned identity um then is it really helping anybody and like does it lose its efficacy and does it lose its purpose because like the energy that you're putting into it is like nothing mm-hmm. the machine is doing it for you like yeah and are is the turmeric even organic right yeah. right yeah and like oh my gosh Ayurveda is so cool and I just I keep like reading about it and there's a podcaster that I love that like talks about it and stuff and um like turmeric isn't even like helpful for you unless it is like processed in the right way with like the right fats and the right warmth and you just like you have to put so much care into it it's not just mixing a bunch of shit together and like giving it to somebody in a cup like it's about the process of actually like creating it for somebody else and and i think that like yeah there's also <laughs> Not even in the wellness industry, but like in the health industry, the medical industry. Oh my gosh. Let's not talk about that because we'll be here for a century. For real. (laughs) The issues that exist there. But like the idea of um, what I love about what you're talking about, like with music therapy and like with the work that you've done um, is that it's very like individual and you like work with a single person and you like or communities right but it's like the idea of bringing communities together or like curating a practice for one specific person and that's something that I really liked about music therapy when I first learned about it was like and what kind of got me interested in the idea of like holistic health and steered me far away from being a doctor um was like of course of course we should be developing routines and methods of healing that like are like dedicated to a specific individual and we ask them questions about their history and like everything that they've gone through and stuff and then try to like approach it from this like respectful and like holistic approach and that's like a buzzword these days I think for sure but it's so important for for so much but yeah no I'm rambling (laughs) I love it there's so I mean there's just so much and the reality is that like the wellness industry needs to like fuck off to be honest (laughs) to be completely frank and I apologize if that if I'm not allowed to say that word but no you're fine um, it's organic (laughs) organic I can say as many swear words as I want absolutely (laughs) um because it it has like it's turned into an industry and like the health has turned into an industry medicine has turned into an industry and it's really unfortunate that we've lost the fundamental connection of like connecting to each other and connecting to our spirits and connecting to music and all of the things that bring us joy mm-hmm. okay. on that fun note <laughs> 
speaking of music and bringing joy, <laughs> I love that you mentioned that you've been writing music since you were like in pre-K. I think that's so cute and just like personality trait. Love it. Um, and I'd love to like know more about like your writing process and like how does music come to you? Like, is that a spiritual thing in and of itself? Like, is it kind of like the same thing of like, um, like you feel like you're connecting to something and then you're inspired to like write something down or yeah. And do you ever struggle with like writer's block and like, how do you get through that? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like my songwriting process has changed a lot over the last few years specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to like in high school, I would like bang out songs like once a week and like full mm -hmm. songs and they were not anything that I would sing or play for anyone at this time. <laughs> <laughs> not reflective of who I am and also frankly, like not um, good in my humble opinion, but mm -hmm. they were great when I was in high school. Yeah. And so in like when I was developing um, like I started playing guitar and then I was like able to bang out songs really, really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got to college, like, I'm sure you experienced like you're doing music all the time. And so it's hard to like do music for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and throughout college, I took songwriting classes and I like, I would always put off writing the song until the day before it was due. And then I would have like an anxiety attack because, mm -hmm. I couldn't write it and I was like I f felt I realize now that like through the entirety of college and p like through post-college until like recently mm -hmm. I've been like in fight or flight mode like I've been like I've been unable to like cognitively be where I need to be yeah to write music and so I was like trying to force it um, and eventually I did, I was able to like force some things because I had to turn in the assignments. Otherwise I would fail the classes. Um, but my spirit was like, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I started, I started a music therapy internship, um, shortly after graduating college. Mm -hmm. And that was like the one of the most traumatic times of my life. Um, and the only way I could process anything would be like pulling out my guitar or my ukulele and just playing a chord progression over and over again mm -hmm. and just like allowing my voice to come out. And so through doing that, I was able to write like four or five songs during my internship that like helped me process what I was experiencing. Um, yeah. And I, I approach songwriting very similarly now where I'll just, I'll find some sort of um, harmony underneath that makes me feel supported in whatever I'm experiencing. And then I'll just like, I'll hit record on my phone and just go and see if anything good comes out. And lately nothing good has been coming out and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, good as I've, a relative term. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I primarily use songwriting as um, a coping and processing mechanism. Mm -hmm. So as much like I'm working on, actually with our friend Sarthi, oh. um, <laughs> I'm working on um, a tune that I've written and we're working on um, recording it. But my goal in songwriting is not to necessarily put music out there. It's 
to support my little heart um, and maybe help like my students or my future therapy clients to do that too. Yeah. yeah. What's your songwriting process like? I don't even know if I have one yet. Um, I I do a similar thing where I like, if I have an idea or something kind of comes to me, I'm like, I record it on my phone, like a little voice note. Um, And then, so I usually start with like, I, I hear melodies and lyrics and I'm just like, oh, that'd be great. Like I just record it, but then I never do anything with it. And for a while it was just like little snippets on my phone and I would scroll back in like my Google photos and I was like, that's a weird video of my face. And it would be me saying like an idea. And so I like, I have so many ideas out there. And a lot of times I like realize they're like in the same key or something. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do something and combine these two things. And, and sometimes the lyrics are similar and like a similar, um, I guess, theme or something, but I've just, I've only sat down and like really tried to write a few songs. And like one was a song for my brother because he struggles with depression and um, he was about to have a baby and he was really nervous and anxious about it and stuff. So I wanted to write a song for him about how much he means to me and how much um, he, yeah, he's gotten me through life and stuff. So like when, when there's like a, a deep meaning behind it. I'm just like, okay, I got to sit down and write this. And I'm, you know, I went to a liberal arts college. So writing is like a very like structured process for me and stuff, but it it was, it's nice to be able to take something that was like organic and just like in the moment and then just be able to kind of put it down on paper. But it's something I'm still working towards. And I, I, I talked about like in my first episode, I was like, I don't know if like creating music for like putting it out there you know is really my dharma but it is something like you said like for my soul my little heart like Mm -hmm. it's something that makes me feel good and I love just like I've so many times picked up my guitar and just like played a four chord progression or just like a two chord progression and just saying whatever comes to mind and sometimes I'm like oh this would be a great song and other times I'm like you know what this is just gonna sit in this space because I got what I needed from that particular Mm -hmm. moment so yeah beautiful thank you I feel like we're really similar people I really do too like are we the same person (laughs) it's so funny because when we um I don't remember exactly when we first met but I remember um tell me if this was our first meeting if you remember it too but I remember like walking with our friend Eka and then you like she stopped to talk to Jazz and mm-hmm. you were there and then you were like, hi, I'm Rachel. And I was like, hi. Mm-hmm. And was that the first time that we met? Was that at the, at the pub? Or was that a different? No, was, there, was, there was a pub. I don't even there remember. There was a pub that I think like I, I tried to, to talk to you guys because I was like, they're so cool. I want to be like them. Oh my um, God. But, <laughs> but I think we definitely met before that, but I don't remember the exact moment. Whatever the moment was, I remember, like, that particular one where we just, like, met in the hallway of, like, one of the uh, buildings on the campus. Yeah. Um, I don't – I wow, I'm being so vague right now, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are those buildings on that, that campus? And like, you know, that – I mean, we've only been on one campus together. I, I know, right? You know, but. <laughs> but it's, like, it's, like, that it's, like, you can't really place – it but you kind of like have that like memory like vague memory and stuff yeah I literally see your face from like (laughs) four years ago or two years ago or whatever like in my head right now Mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking like three years ago no 
Almost two. Okay. I was like, wait a second. That can't be right. <laughs> time. Like, it was time. What year is it? Oh, God. I don't even want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> I remember, like, you introduced yourself and you said that you had, like, um, seen – you had watched through the videos of the music therapy um, yeah. things. Yeah. Do you remember this conversation? I, I don't know. Do. Um, but you just like had the most beautiful smile and I was like, I just want to be her friend. Yay. And then I was like probably distracted and being an asshole. So I just walked away. But <laughs> <laughs> very we're, classic. we're all very busy that that those times were very stressful indeed. Yes, I so I do remember that because I um as part of like my volunteer project, I was helping Patty with like posting on social media. So she gave me like all of these videos and like pictures from like last year's music therapy symposium and I saw pictures and videos of you and like I saw some of your activities that you were doing and I was like oh my god I was like I want to connect with this person like because you just I, I could feel your light shining through that video of like a year before and I was just like she just oh seems like this such positive beautiful person and that's like the kind of people I want to surround myself with and in, in life and in this journey that we call life and I'm just so happy. And I love that, like, even though we've only met through, <laughs> like, literally twice, like, once in Panama and then once in San Diego, and, like, it's been months in between both of those meetings, and that I just feel so connected to you, and I do feel like we have such similar, like, views on things and, and personalities, and, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I feel like watching your Instagram stories, I feel like I'm like literally watching myself or that like, <laughs> it's like kind of odd. It's a compliment. But... <laughs> also, what a Leo thing to say. <laughs> I'm a Leo rising. <laughs> so cute. Aren't you? You're a Pisces, right? I am a Pisces. I'm a Pisces all the way. I'm an emotional little bean. Um, but I'm a Leo rising and I think that counts like that that shows because oh. I, I come across as very like <laughs> Oh for sure. <laughs> um yeah, yeah Capricorn Moon. Oh <laughs> wow. How does that go for you? It's so weird. I have so many personalities. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like well balanced in like the like the three the rising um sun and the moon yeah um but also might be like pretty turbulent (laughs) (laughs) not that any of that like is real is it real I mean not that it's not right I think it's like right like it it could be real yeah I think that it is what you make of it, right? And I think that yeah. if it, it, it helps me kind of like think about, I think my spiritual awakening started in like 2012 when I took a class and I like learned about, it was like, um, this is totally off topic, but it was like judging your, like the things that you value in life. And mm-hmm. at that time I was very driven, like I'm going to go to college and get a job and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do all this thing. It was my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really, think about anything else like spirituality or happiness or well-being or anything I was just like money like that's all because I grew up poor so like 
underprivileged. <laughs> so it was like, I, it was something that was like a driving factor. And I took a quiz that was like, rank your values. And at the top was independent success, getting money. And I was like, yeah, like that's me. Um, and at the very bottom was second to last was morals. And last was like finding the beauty in the world around you. Wow. And I looked at that and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, is that what? And I, that shook me. Um, and then my sophomore year, I took like an English class and our, our English teacher told us to like write a poem about like our zodiac signs and like figure out the, like, these, do these little like inner work kind of things and like write poetry about it. And so I started doing that. And then like, I was like, okay, what, what is a Pisces? And they're like indecisive, creative, like all of this stuff, emotional. And I was like, I'm not emotional. Like, no, I'm all about. And then I was like, oh wait, no, I've been repressing my emotions. And like, I've been repressing my creativity in this pursuit of what I think is going to bring me some sort of happiness someday. Mm -hmm. So that was a big shift for me of like exploring. So I love learning about those kinds of things because I'm just like, it helps me like, you know, it's, it's fun. And it's like, you can kind of explore a little bit more about yourself and like, take what you will from it and not like everything has to be so exact. And like, um, I love learning about like astro, like not astrologers, but like people who read Zodiac signs and stuff and yeah. who will like make it really subjective. And like, it's up to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do with your life based on the stars, you know, mm -hmm. like this is like what it means kind of, and then you can kind of flow with it however you want. But yeah, they're yeah. all the like, learning about your astrological signs and like Myers-Briggs and like all of those things rooted in like spirituality or science or whatever it's rooted in, yeah. like all just seem to be self-assessment tools. Yeah. And just ways to explore. And to look at yourself and be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cute. Have you heard of doshas? Um, I've heard of them, but I've been like reluctant because I've only heard of them from non-South Asians. I know. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, like, it sounds very similar to like the idea of yoga as well, because it is like from Ayurveda, which is an ancient Indian practice. And like, unfortunately, like there's a bunch of podcasts that I've been seeing that pop up on my Spotify. And it's like these white women like practicing Ayurveda in your everyday life. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> But That's exactly what I do too. I'm like, oh, it's just like this visceral feeling you get. You're just like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I did read about it in like a, in this book, and it's by this woman named Sahara Rose who has Middle Eastern and um, like Iranian heritage, and also I think, I think, other heritage. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what her background is, but um, she studied Ayurveda and like does all this work and stuff and um what where am I getting she wrote a book called the idiot's guide to Ayurveda yeah <laughs> and it's like super simplified in like a way that's like easy to understand and stuff and it was like talking about your doshas and um my mom and I took the quiz like this this summer and stuff and we we're like finding out more about ourselves and I I got like the same one as my mom we were both kapha and I was like and then I took the quiz again a little bit later on and I got a different answer. And I was like, what? No, I thought it was a couple. Like, what's going on? And it was just like, you change. Like, throughout life, you change based on the habits that you have. And, like, it doesn't have to be set in stone. And I think that's beautiful. But Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's so much fluidity. I think mm -hmm. that is what I love about, um, about all these different, like, self-assessment 
types of tools that we have mm -hmm. um, because there's so much like I've taken the Myers-Briggs test like probably 15 times mm -hmm. and like 13 out of 15 times I got the same thing but then like the other two times they were different mm -hmm. and like with astrology like it the way that we practice or experience I don't know do astrology I don't know what you do with it but yeah <laughs> The way that it is in, like, the Western world mm -hmm. is different than in India. Right. And there's different systems. And there's, like, the Vedic system and whatever the hell we use here. Um, <laughs> like, <and> maybe? <laughs> yeah. So, I, who the heck knows? Um, who's making these decisions, honestly? <laughs> like, I need, I need that information. Um, whatever. But it is interesting because I, like, found... Um, when I was a babe, when I was born, my parents had my Vedic chart, um, written out and analyzed. Really? Yeah. And the entire, they have like the, like original copies of everything. And the entire thing is I think in Hindi or maybe Sanskrit, but I don't know. I don't remember which language wow. I have to look back at it, but it said that I was, um, an Aries, um, as my sun sign, which is not at all what I identify with. I identify oh. fully with like being a Leo. Yeah. And, um, but the way, the way that that chart and analysis worked out is that the person, the Pandithji who was like reading it all for us, mm -hmm. for my parents, cause I was but a mere babe. So I can't, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was like analyzing it for my family and, he wrote out specifically, like, in this year, this is what's going to happen. And he was, like, reading the stars and, mm -hmm. like, really analyzing it. And a lot of that has, like, come true in a way. Like, it's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, like, how much, how much is fluid and how much, like, is predetermined in the stars. And yeah. also, like, is it only that way because I believe it is? And, like, am I fulfilling this destiny because I see it written out? It just blows. And then I'm like, is this a simula simulation? <laughs> like, am I in the matrix? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are we? Yeah. Are we? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, honestly? <laughs> Literally nobody except the people controlling it. Right? Listen. <laughs> Dead silence. I spiral really fast. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm like on my like like yeah, yeah we're like excited. ready to go. <laughs> so energized. Oh my gosh. So we're definitely gonna have to have a follow up to where we just talk oh, even more. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I can talk to you for hours. Same. Like I was gonna say, like also hopefully more conversations in the future, like phone calls or Zoom calls. Like I love seeing your face. It's so beautiful. I love seeing yours. Thank you. Oh, so cute. Speaking of love, we're coming to the towards the end of our questions and stuff, but I would love to ask you what are some ways that you show yourself love and what are some ways that like you can I guess inspire others to do the same for themselves? Um that is like the hardest question ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and it's one that I'm I ask people all the time and then I don't answer it myself. Mm -hmm. Um so Good question. Um, I feel like I right now it shifts and changes. It's mm -hmm. flexible, just like all of the personality things, mm -hmm. um, and fluid in that way. 
right now I'm showing myself love by making sure I shower regularly, which I didn't, wasn't doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and making sure that I, um, that I like hug my parents and, um, that I, that's really it right now. I like, it's been a really difficult couple of weeks. So that's the most that I'm trying to do is make sure I shower and hug my parents. Um, and when I'm feeling more like myself and feeling more like sunshiny, Mm -hmm. I like to support my friends in and loved ones in their self-love process of like, Um, like asking like what colors your heart and like seeing like if there's things that we can do together like cooking together or Mm -hmm. um, like my friend Elizabeth we she's in grad school and Mm -hmm. is bombarded with work and so we will FaceTime and I tell her to do her homework and I just sit there and I do my own work and that's like the best way that I can show her love right now um and the best way I think she can show her self love is by doing her damn assignments. Yeah. <laughs> At Elizabeth, if you're listening, go to her. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. How are you showing yourself some love right now? I, every morning after I try to meditate, and um, I sit in front of a mirror and I, I grab this rock that I found at a beach with my grandma. Um, and my therapist told me like at the time we, we were nearing the end of our sessions and she was like, find a, like normally she would give a rock to one of her like patients before they were leaving. Um, so she was like, we can't do that cause I'm on the other side of the country, but like find a rock that you resonate with and then hold on to it as like a reminder of like the work that we've done in our sessions and stuff. And I was just like on the beach and I found this rock. And it kind of like rolled down and I lifted up my foot and it fell under my foot. And it's like this like super smooth, like adorable, like cute little rock. And it's like perfect size for your hand. It's like a stress, like I can squeeze it and it like doesn't give and it's like a good stress reliever. Um, but I like hold on to that and I get like reminded of all the affirmations that like she gave me. And I just like give myself affirmations, but I tell myself like, like I'm talking to somebody else. So I'm like, I love how amazing you are. Like, I love how beautiful you are. I love how you lighten a room whenever you walk into it. And these are all things that I would also say to you because like, we're the same person for one thing, but I do, I love you and I love how amazing you are and I love how kind you are and I love how sweet you are And from Hershey, Pennsylvania. (laughs) And I just, like, I found that the more, because the first time I ever gave affirmations to, like, a friend, and they said it to me, it was, like, the most awkward thing. I was, like, uh, like, Rosita was, like, oh, my gosh, is this something I'm not used to? Like, just someone being vulnerable and, like, open about how they feel about me in a platonic, loving way. And I was, like, oh, this is weird. And and now, like, I'm doing it so much more to myself, and, like, like, that is the person in my life that needs to hear it the most from the person that needs to say it the most. And it's making it so much easier for me to be more like authentic about it with other people as well. And like, I don't feel weird about telling people like, I love how amazing you are and stuff. Like it just feels so natural because I just like want, like the more I love on myself, the more I want to love on other people. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Like you like, like for you, you like when you're feeling your best and happiest self you just want to be able to help others and like 
make others feel their best and happiest self also. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're so cute. We're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really appreciate that you, um, that you use affirmations and you use your rock and um, all of that during your meditation because that is so beautiful and being able to talk to yourself in a positive way is really hard and I am like really proud of you for being able to do that Mm -hmm. and you're just such a light and I literally I just want to like hug you right now and (laughs) we will soon one day but um it is such a pleasure talking to you. It like truly is heaven on earth. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you so much. I love you. you. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to ask you one last question because yes. um, I would love to know more about like what you're up to and what you're doing these days. And I saw on your Instagram about your BIPOC and wellness group. And I think that has a lot to do with what we were talking about today. Um, and also more about like your music lessons with BM Studios. If I can like plug you and stuff. If anybody's looking for a teacher, I'd love to do that. Oh, for sure. So um, as far as VM Studio, it's a um, small private lesson studio um, based in San Diego, but currently we're doing virtual lessons. So I have like three students on the East Coast and I am hoping one day I can get some people outside of the U.S. That would be ideal. and teaching a bunch of instruments and we do like workshops every once in a while we had like songwriting and music theory workshops and um the director is a flute player the best flute player i have ever heard in my entire life Mm -hmm. and she has like a little flute choir and there's just so much it's a beautiful studio and it's very Mm community-based so all the students are getting to know each other even though we're virtual Mm -hmm. um and we do, we're doing events every once in a while, virtual events to get people like talking and hanging out with each other. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like the BIPOC music and wellness group and um, any other groups like that that I am doing, um, they're currently on hiatus, but I'm starting things up again in January, which I'm so Ooh. excited about. Um, I'm going to be, the details aren't hammered out yet, but it'll all be through VM Studio and it's going to be um, music therapy work. So it's going to be like, likely like another BIPOC music and wellness group, probably meeting regularly. Um, an intuitive singing group, which I had started in person like pre-COVID and <laughs> Unfortunately, it was stopped, but it's going to happen again for sure. Um, and probably some more songwriting things and maybe something specifically with teens. Yeah. Uh, and I run, um, a, I co-run with Sarthi um, mm-hmm. a third culture kid support group. Um, have you heard of that before? No, I haven't. I wonder if it's something you might identify with. Um Third culture kids are essentially folks who grew up in different cultures or countries than their parents. Mm. Um, so there's this idea of um, a mixing of cultures and perhaps feeling a little bit dissonant with certain things and mm. um, just really complex, like not just like, I'm from this one place. It's like, where the heck are we from? I very much vibe with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I thought you would. Um, so I will give you personally the information about that. I love that. Um, but 
I think that might be something coming up in the future of like maybe music therapy related um, with TCKs, those third culture kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's all of my plugging that I can do. Um, you want me I'm to still... link your Instagram to those different things? Yeah, you can like, personal. yeah, so the, um, my, per my Instagram is at Mira two underscores and Ronnie and then the VM studio Instagram is will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you, Rachel. <laughs> I'm making a note. <laughs> I think it's at VM Private Music Studio, but to be honest, I haven't logged in. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. That's all my plugging. Thanks for letting me do that. Of course. I want it to be a space where you can share about what you're doing because you are doing amazing work. And even if it's on hiatus right now, like you have done so many amazing things and you should be so proud of where you are and who you are and just the light that you're sharing with the universe. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel. You're so kind. So are you. We're the same person. So of course. We are. Honestly, <laughs> like, it's... I would say. I would recommend saying all of the things that you just said to me, just to yourself in a mirror. And same to you. I will. <laughs> okay. Oh, fun. I love that. Um, can we talk again? Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> I would love to. I would love, absolutely love to. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being my guest on my uh, in my safe space and in my my new little podcast that I've started and it's just starting out but I can I have so many hopes and dreams for it and you were literally one of the first people that popped into my mind when I thought of the name of the podcast and what I wanted to represent and what I wanted to talk about so it's a dream come true literally having you here oh and my gosh thank you thank you for creating this beautiful safe space you're welcome I'm so glad I was able to <laughs> I'm gonna ring the bell again <laughs> this time because we're so cute. <laughs> so cute. Bye, love. Bye, my dear. Have Bye, a good dear. evening. Oh my gosh, you guys! I don't, I don't know about you, but that episode—it was just so light bringing and heartwarming and. Oh, so real. Um, I really love Mira and I love talking to her about all of these things. And I hope some of the stuff that we talked about resonated with you. And if you have any questions about anything that we talked about, or you're confused about anything, or you don't agree with anything, please like reach out and tell me what you think. Um, I'm always learning new things and trying to hear different perspectives. So would love to engage in conversation about some of the things we talked about in this episode. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Organic Vibes. All of the links that we talked about will be posted in the show notes, so keep an eye out for that. I personally have worked with Mira through learning how to write a song um, and finding chords to fit melodies and things like that very recently um, because VM Studios just had a competition, a songwriting competition, and I was able to submit a song to that with the help of the amazing Mira. Um, so really go check her out. If you are looking for a teacher um, and someone who just spreads light and love in this world, she is absolutely incredible and I would highly recommend working with her. And thank you again. And I hope you all have a lovely day or night or evening, wherever you are in the world and whatever time it is. I'm sending you love and light. Yeah.